Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Go ahead and stand. Welcome all of you watching online. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there. We know where you live. I'm just kidding. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, Before I forget, um, if you have not signed up to be on our Wednesday night call or we don't have information so that you can receive text in church, please go to the welcome kiosk after worship experience and sign up. Uh, We were scheduled to have a 50-plus fellowship and men's breakfast Friday night and Saturday morning, and... uh, Both key leaders had been exposed, but one of them has come back negative, and uh, we just didn't want to risk anything with food because that was food-driven. And if you got the text, let me explain what I meant. Whenever we fellowship, it's a horizontal activity. Now, God's included, but the primary focus of fellowship is for us to look at each other, hang out together, and have fun. When you worship, that is a vertical experience, that we are elevating God. It's not about us necessarily being hand-in-hand and together, but it's us focusing on God. So I canceled both events, and I had to do it Friday afternoon. I did the phone call. If you received it, uh, great. If you didn't, sign up to receive that call because that's the best way for us to uh, get information to you if something changes. Everything's great. Uh, but I just felt like in order to be sensitive uh, to everyone that we should postpone those events, and we did. So if you were here uh, looking and wondering if the rapture had taken place, (laughs) maybe that was good for you. (laughs) So anyway, please sign up afterwards. I'm going to talk today about the power of biblical gathering. And uh, a lot of people today, when we look at everything that's going on in the world, all the events that are happening, um, I do think sometimes we, we have to take a step back and ask the impact of every event. What does that event do for me? Uh, in the sense that, you know, yesterday's four overtimes, I'm sure there are people home taking pills today. <clears throat> that event is an entertainment event, Nothing wrong with that. We all love entertainment. And you ask yourself the question, what are the things I'm going to prioritize in 2021? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start looking ahead at a better year. Um, But as you look ahead, begin to ask yourselves the question, what are the things I'm doing in life doing to positively affect my life, impact my life? And there is such a need, since we are spirit, soul, and body, we have different needs. I have spiritual needs that are oftentimes met 
when I'm listening to a sermon other than my own, because how many of you ever listen to yourself or watch yourself? It's a horrible thing. That's how come I have Mark Ryan do video announcements. I don't want to watch me giving video announcements because I think it would intimidate me getting up and preaching. And he does such a great job. I just, he's awesome. And um, so I, I just, I like to listen, but I want to grow spiritually. And then you ask yourself, what is involved with my soul? Well, your mind, will, and emotions. So the things that you and I uh, do every day should in some way contribute to our emotional well-being, our mental, intellectual growth, and uh, in some ways challenge our own will. When Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that's how we're to pray on earth as it is in heaven, we need to continually ask, is my will surrendered to the will of God? Am I, what am I doing today that I feel like I have surrendered to God? What am I doing today that's helping me mentally, emotionally? And then physically, uh, this is a part of uh, the, the day in which we live when you start talking about our, our physical well-being. Many people get angry and, uh, because they think you're talking about how they are built or how they look. I'm really talking about health. And uh, when you talk about that in a world that Everything is filled with preservatives, and you, there are so many things out there. And I, I, I love, uh, enjoy a good meal as much as anybody. But we have to realize that God made us spirit, soul, and body, and that the goal in life is not to go, I'm going to live two-thirds. I'm going to live all of it. I want to I be whole. And uh, church contributes to uh, quite a few of those things. Now, we uh, don't contribute well physically, uh, because we serve donuts. <laughs> We'd love it if nobody ever ate them it would ex- and show a tremendous amount of discipline in our church, but keep eating them. It's all right, you know. So uh, we know that it's, it's not the end of the world. Everybody needs, this is, could be your eating cheat day, and uh, you can enjoy it. But if you would, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, and this is going to come from the Message Bible, verse 22. So let's do it. Full of belief confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Now, again, uh, Meeting today is, uh, our focus is on worship. It's, it's on exalting God. And you can fist pump, you can wave at each other. We're not encouraging you to, you know, to, to play cornhole and bean bags going back and forth and exchanging germs. We'll get to that in 2021. I can't wait till that day comes when we can feel free about just, you know, wiping our hand on a banister. When I was a kid, I'd be the one doing that just to see how it was going to work out. Um, and I still do that sometimes, and Susan gets really mad. At, Don't touch that banister. I'm like, <laughs> women, if you really want to give us direction, you got to do better than that. Say, honey. That's all it takes right there. You don't even have to say anything. Just give us the look. All right. 
So I'm going to talk about three easy steps to saving our sanity during these times because it's insane what's going on. I was in Austin uh, this week for the last 20-some years. There are three very good friends of mine that we all went to college together. After college, we all went our different ways, missionaries and, and so on and so forth. And, and now two of those guys are pastoring churches. One of them is still traveling internationally. We get together every year for about two to three days, and we just exchange ideas. And, and these guys are really brilliant, really helped me. And prayerfully, I say something that will help them. But we were in Austin, and, and it's a very liberal city. And I'm, I'm telling you, you'd walk in somewhere, and, and if you didn't have a mask on, it was like you felt like somebody had a 12-gauge on you. You know what I'm saying? And so it's insane when I look around and I see everything going on, and I know that all of us are feeling uh, probably a little pressure. I mean, you almost, you, know, you almost get this sense of guilt if you're not uh, complying with you know, the different uh, requirements uh, by different organizations, companies, institutions, restaurants, whatever. And so it's a little bit frustrating. I mean, so I, I want to help us deal with that frustration. And here's, I think, one of the things we have to determine is, okay, I'm not going to stop living, but I am going to be more conscious and conscientious and more aware. But what fear does, and I believe the greatest uh, attack of the enemy during this season is to try to instill fear. Uh, we've had record number of hurricanes this year, uh, fires on the West Coast. Uh, we've had the pandemic. Uh, we've had all of these protests and issues. And most of the time, uh, I, I think our emotions take over and we begin making decisions based on uh, simply how we feel without asking the Spirit of God what He wants. And I think it's very, very important if we're going to move forward out of where we are is that we're going to have to take some courageous steps to do that. And we're going to have to trust God. I mean, it, the world may never be the same again, but that's okay. We're going to get a better world because we're going to learn from this. We're going to grow through it, and we're going to learn uh, different things. I mean, most of us, one of the great things out of this is, uh, you know, I grew up in a very country environment. Uh, you know, I was fed grass. I didn't smoke it. I was fed it. I was Bermuda, by the way. <laughs> my brother used to feed it to me. It's why I have a great immune system. I ate dirt and grass most of my young years because he was four years older than me. And it wasn't until I grew taller than him that I could outrun him, and I didn't have to eat grass anymore. But <clears throat> there is a, uh, our immune systems given to us by God are, uh, God is, God gave the immune system to us, and I'm not saying we can't help it, assist it, and all the medication, but the reality is that it's really not a bad thing, you know, to get over something like when I had an older brother and younger brother, and if one of us got chicken pox, my mom rubbed us all up against each other. Let's just get this over with, she said. I don't want you getting it now, and six months from now, you got it, and six months, no, we're going to do this all together. We're a family. So... In secular psychology, it says you're only as strong as your relationships. You're only as strong as your relationships. The people around you, believe it or not, 
can encourage you emotionally and spiritually and have an impact on you physically. The Bible says laughter is good medicine. That's what it says. It's good medicine. Some of y'all could laugh your way out of this COVID thing. Some of y'all just need to get happy and not be so fearful. And ask Jesus what he wants you to do. You know, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying ask Jesus what he wants you to do. I've been flying through this COVID thing all the time. I get on airplanes all the time. I got my little mask on. I I like it kind of because it covers the wrinkles. I'm thinking about going designer masking. Because... But, but I try to make light of it, try to enjoy it, and, uh, you know, just to, just to try to keep my attitude right, because there are a lot of attitudes out there right now. And, and so if, you'll, if you're not following me on Instagram or Facebook, you need to. Every day I'm giving you a daily scripture to read. It's uplifting. It'll encourage you. Uh, so you need to follow Mark Anthony Crow. Anthony. I got ridiculed in the first grade for having that name. Where's Cleopatra? I didn't know how to respond to that as a first grader, but I'd never forget it. I thought, Mama, why did you give me the name Anthony? Now I like it. And I married Cleopatra. She's in the lobby. (laughs) A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And, and, you know, in a lot of ways in your marriage, your family, church, organizations, businesses, uh, you can have a great company. But if you have two weak links, it can affect your company greatly. So the, the goal is to strengthen and that, that company, the way you strengthen it is by relationships. A good friend of mine in Tulsa is what he calls himself a serial entrepreneur. He owns one of the biggest auctions in the city of Tulsa. He is uh, an eye doctor. He owns several clinics. He owns just about everything. And, and this guy, is he's just, it's like he's on something all the time. And everybody around him, it's contagious. I've been to all of his businesses. And every time I go to one of his businesses, I see his reflection in the people who work for him. He's bigger than life, and he keeps everything energized, and he keeps it positive. You wouldn't even want to be around him. That's how positive. If you were not positive, you'd have a choice to make. I mean, I can't take this anymore. This guy's just way too happy and too positive. i got to get out of here, or you're going to change, and you're going to become like him. He's a great leader. Every time I go somewhere, I walk into any business he has, and I just expect it to be treated well, and I am. I was in one of his businesses this week, and I texted him, took a picture. I said, I said I'm, I'm in one of your businesses. I said, I just want you to know your employees are doing well. They're acting like you, and it's frightening. Uh, so if, if this is true, that you're only as strong as your relationships, don't you think it's important to do a checkup on your relationships? And a lot of this will bring health to you. Many people don't realize the influence that your attitude has on your health. I, I have another friend that I was just with. I, I was, it was been a crazy two weeks, but I was on a flight, and I get on, and one of my best friends from 35 years is on the same flight. And I was flying into Tulsa, uh, and I uh, had some things to do there and, uh, from Austin. 
And his wife is probably the closest individual to Mother Teresa I've ever been around in my life. Maybe the kindest lady I've ever known on this side of heaven next to my mother. And that's saying something because she was quite a special lady. But I got into, he, was, he, he said, well, let me give you a ride to wherever you're going because I was going to have to Uber. He said, let me just give you a ride. I said, okay. So he said, i got to call my wife. His wife's name is Susan, too. My wife's Susan, one. <laughs> just the way it is. And so, and so he gets her on the speaker in the car. Of course, she and I have been good friends for 35 years, and they've been great friends. And she sounded so incredible. I said, Wow. She's just upbeat. She's great. What you don't know is for the last 21 years, she's battled cancer. She should have been dead numerous times between then and now. And so when, when he hung up, I said, Tom, I said, wow, Susan sounds really good. He says she's not good at all. But I've followed her for 21 years. I've stayed in their home. I've I've been there, and she just never lets anything get to her soul that is not godly. She smiles. She loves her grandkids. She does everything. And what I'm saying is this. She doesn't let anybody around her life that's going to say, oh, poor Susan. She doesn't want that. She wants, she wants to live life until she dies. Don't talk about my sickness. Talk to me. And she's just, she's just that kind of person. So she has surrounded herself with people who are positive, upbeat, encouraging. And I believe it's one of the reasons she's outlived what she was supposed to, to live many years ago. She should have died. Now, keep her in your prayers, if you would, because she's in the fight of her life again. And I've been through every season when she was about to die. They were thinking she's going to die, going to die. And so in our lives, it is important to understand every gathering has an influence on our lives. Every gathering, every lunch you go to, every small group, every family gathering, all of those things impact your life. And some of you all, as we get ready to approach the holidays, you got some jerks for family. Don't we all? I mean, come on, let's get real. There is no such thing as a functional home. There's just not. You just have to go in, and, and you know, if you're having a tough time at Thanksgiving... Carry your toolbox in. That'll start a conversation. Say, well, you know, this thing's broken. I'm just going to try to fix it this year. <laughs> Uncle Bob's an idiot. Anyway, no, you don't say that. You just, just go, I'm going to do my best to not let this get to me. And as much as we all love holidays and all of that, let's just face it. It gets strange. And so Proverbs 13, 20, how the Message Bible reads pretty much like all the rest, become wise by walking with the wise. If you want to get better and you want to stay sane, stay away from insane people. Unless you require them to become sane for a moment. Just look at them and say, I'm only asking for sanity for one hour. Plug the meter. If you can't, if you can't stay sane, there's the door. Even just tell me you want to be sane. But somebody has to set the boundary and set the standard for your life, and it's you, and it's me. We can't blame others for who we are. Well, you know, I was around them, and, and you know, I don't know. I guess it's jumped on me. It'll jump on you all the time. 
That could read in reverse, if you walk with idiots, you'll become an idiot. But I think God was having a nice moment. Unlike Matthew 23, when he said, you Pharisees are whitewashed sepulchers, you brood of vipers. Jesus just got up in their business. That's my favorite scripture in the whole Bible, Jesse, because it validates my personality. I've just never been able to not be truthful when it comes to stupidity. It's like, well, that was just dumb. Then I'm real nice, but I love you in all your dumbness. You see, really good friends, rather than looking at you and saying you're the weakest link, they say, I got my welder out. We're getting ready to fix that link. We're going to help you become everything God wants you to become. 1 Corinthians 15, says, Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, this is out of the Amplified Bible, evil companionships, communion, associations, corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. Now, the reason I share this with you is I, I don't know, and, and of course, as a leader, I understand that when you stand up and preach, you stand up and speak, whether you're a governor, a mayor, a city council person, president, pastor, preacher, evangelist, apostle, bishop, whatever you want to call it, the minute you stand up and start talking about anything, you become a target. And there are a lot of people that would like to blame other people for the condition of our country today. This didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen in one term, two terms, three terms, four terms. This goes way back. And the devil has been trying his best to divide our nation because you've heard the old saying, divide and conquer. Well, the only way that our world can be divided is if we choose to hate other people. How many of you know you can disagree with somebody without hating them? You can disagree with somebody about, without being mean to them. You can be kind. There's no sense in calling someone out and pointing out that their opinion doesn't matter. Their opinion does matter. Even if you disagree with it, that opinion matters. That's what they feel. And, and if we are constantly walking around and, and measuring or allowing ourselves to feel what has happened around us, most of the time, we're going to be miserable people because there's a lot going on around us. So what we have to do is protect what's going on within us by watching what's going on around us. And that's the only way we're going to remain sane. I mean, you can't get out of your house and drive a car without possibly getting angry with someone that you're encountering on the road. I still don't understand why they teach defensive driving. I really don't. Offensive driving is far better. Think about it. All you're doing is driving around expecting somebody else to hit you and looking and hoping they don't. If you get ahead of the traffic, you don't have to worry about anybody hitting you. I say speed up. I'm serious. I mean, you don't want to be in a just, I, I mean, somebody's going to run into you. Just don't let them. 
I, one time I was sitting in traffic. I looked up. And there was a guy coming behind me and he kept getting closer and closer. And he was going fast. And, and I thought, there's no way he could stop. So you know what I did? I jumped over the other lane. He hit the car in front of me. <laughs> I'm not real happy about it, but I was real happy he didn't hit me. There's a reason for the rearview mirror. Watch out for stupid drivers. <laughs> you learn that when you ride motorcycles. You're looking everywhere. I'm just going to go. I'm going ditch on you. You know, I'm going to get out of your way. But we have to be aware, okay? So what's going on? Secondly, if somebody's messed up, it's almost always because of a relationship. If you're messed up in any way, shape, form, or fashion, it may take you back to a relationship, an encounter you had with somebody that was difficult, somebody that was mean to you, and you never forget them. How many of you know that it's, it's a lot? I mean, you can't find your keys, but you can remember what Bobby did to you 30 years ago. Can't find your wallet, but you can remember what Bill did 10 years ago. Somehow, it's like negativity is Velcro. Squirrel here. I just always wish I would have named one of my kids Vel, Velcro. Anyway, so, <laughs> and if I'd have had a mic, it would have been micro. <laughs> They'd have hated me. It's important that you have those right relationships. I have a cousin that was probably 10 12 years older than me, maybe even 15. Uh, my dad came from a really big family, so relatives were everywhere. And his name was Joe Crow, in which I named my son Joe Crow as well. And I really liked Joe. He, was, he lived just a little ways from me. And I remember as a kid growing up, he, he might have been, you know, 25 when I was 10 or maybe, you know, 30 when I was 15. But I remember... Uh, one day finding out that, that he had gone to prison. My mother told me that about it, and I said, well, you know, at that age, I didn't really quite understand, but I remember this story. She said, this was way back in the day, and he was with a guy, and they, uh, they were just out. It was actually his brother-in-law, and they went to a convenience store. He took him to a convenience store. Patrice, you'll get this one. Goes to a convenience store, and before he knows it, his brother-in-law is holding up the convenience store, and rather than just getting money or taking something, he abducts the clerk. They don't kill him, and my cousin's sitting there driving going, what? and so naturally when they get him, my cousin ends up going to prison, and he was just a driver. He had no idea. Now, you could say, well, you don't know that. It really doesn't matter. what I'm, My point here is that you're in the wrong place with the wrong person at the wrong time doing the wrong thing. And oftentimes, the reason for this is our soul is not whole. You don't have the courage to say something to somebody like, he should have said, get out of the car now. We're not going anywhere. But the power of influence and emotion and adrenaline will drive you to do something that you had no plans of doing. You're smarter than that. You didn't mean to. You didn't think it out. It, it, it just happened. And so it's so important in this time, in, in this COVID experience, let me just address this a moment. There are two 
polar opposite opinions. There are, I have found almost no middle ground. You have the masked and the unmasked. You have the Lone Ranger, you have Tonto. Which I know today is totally politically incorrect, Kimasabi. But what happens is, somebody in your family says, I'm a masked person, and you're not, and they feel compelled to tell you 20 reasons why you are an insensitive, horrible individual. And then you have the non-maskers who tell the masked people, you just have no faith. Why are you wearing that stupid thing? There ain't no way mist is not getting through that little thing. And these are the arguments that are separating people, and it's so ridiculous. I don't care if you wear a full body suit and gloves. It doesn't matter. You have to do what you feel to do and not be critical of that. Just wave at them. Text them, it was great to see you this morning. Good to see you across the auditorium. Love to shake your hand, not happening. But the whole demonic ploy here, in my opinion, is to divide the church. This is divide the church, divide Christians, keep us away from fellowship, keep us away from gathering, keep us away. You know, there are people I haven't seen since the second week of March. And, and it's all because they're just staying home. And you know what? That's fine. But at some point, you're going to have to get out the house. Just wanted to give it a moment. I'm not... I, I, I'm... Yeah. My personality type is to challenge. I'm a better challenger than I am a comforter. I have a really dear friend who's such a comforter, I sometimes want to throw up. I just want to go, look, shake it up a little bit. But as I try to pastor through all of this, I knew the question probably as of Friday night would be, well, if we're not having 50 plus, why are we having church? I already explained it. The 50-plus was a fellowship that was horizontal. Sunday mornings is a vertical experience where we're praising God. We're not necessarily shaking hands if you don't want to. We're not, you know, we're not eating together. Somebody's not handling, you know, food and all that. And so that's why. So I, I just want you to understand I'm not going to back away from the power of gathering together. I feel like this is the greatest challenge is something happens when we are together, that doesn't happen when we're separate. Something happens when the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It doesn't say fist bump the sick. It says lay hands on the sick. There's a reason for that. God didn't just do that for Pentecostals. He didn't just do that for Charismatics. He's saying there is a scientific and spiritual reason that I put you together for such a time as this. And a part of that is lost in this whole experience that we're having. Number three, relationships are the foundational basis of every human being's life. You isolate someone long enough and their lives will change. And not for the good, 
we need to be together. We need to gather together. Matter of fact, it, it, here, here are some things to look for. Let me just give you some, so how do I know what it means to be the kind of friend or have a relationship? Uh, some people, and I know that some people are fixers. I don't know if we have any fixers here today. But you feel like your goal in life or your job in life is to fix other people. Let me, let me go ahead and help you today. You ain't fixing nobody. You're just not. And if you've been married any period of time, you know that to be true. Now, God can fix somebody, but we can't fix anybody. I can fix me, and that's it. I, 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 and I have a hard time with me. But we have fixers. And so your relationships are all unhealthy because all you do is get around unhealthy people because you feel like your gift is to go around fixing everybody. And that's insanity. So what we have to realize is that people don't want, if they're not, they're not compatible with your attitude, your positive outlook on life, your faith, those are the kinds of people that will pull you back and keep holding you back. Now, I'm not saying you abandon people. I'm just saying you don't let people control how you think, how you live. And if they start pulling you down, you have to remove yourself. Church is a place. This is why I say we've got to stay positive. We have to be, have this great attitude and great outlook. And on your worst day may be the best time to have your best confession. When everything is going wrong, you will confuse hell with how you speak. Now, religious people will call you a hypocrite if they know that you've had a horrible week, you, 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 know, you, you, you lost your job, you got COVID, your dog left, you're three months behind on your mortgage, and, and you've already told people, and they go, well, why are you so happy? Because those things don't drive who I am and how I think. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say positive things. And you can call me hypocrite if you want. But it doesn't do any good at all to be negative and spend your time. Going, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's not your job to know what to do. It's your job to know God who knows what to do. Amen. And so the first thing, think about this. The first thing that COVID did was separate us. You don't think this is demonic? This didn't originate in China. This originated in hell. To try to separate people from fellowship. Let me tell you all something. We are not good alone. We are not good alone. Listen to this. If one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. A strand of three cords is not easily broken. Where two or more are gathered together. Listen to me. The Bible is filled with the admonition of us being together. And, you, and a part of this is it challenges parts of our lives. Even when you get around somebody who disagrees with you, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. If you haven't got someone else in your life and others in your life, you're probably not going to be as sharp as you can be. In fact, if you don't find somebody that can disagree with you in a good way, you'll never grow. I've been told that Walt Disney had a policy. He was a big dreamer, as we all know. We see his fingerprints all over the world today. 
And someone told me one time that if Walt Disney had a great idea, he would take it to the board. If everybody on the board agreed with him and nobody pushed back, he wouldn't do the idea because he didn't think it was big enough. He said, if you don't challenge this idea, it's not a big enough idea. That takes an incredibly secure person that says, I'm not afraid of you challenging my idea. It doesn't mean they're being negative. It's just what, there's, what he was saying is, I want the best and the biggest, and let's challenge each other. So when I talk about people getting offline and getting off their couch and getting to church, you can get mad at me if you want. But you can't sit on the couch for another year. And, and electronics has distanced us. In a high-tech world, it's even more important that we live a high-touch life. And it's real easy to present something on Facebook that is not true at all. That's how come I quit giving my opinion. And every day I just post the Scripture. Because God's Word is powerful. The other day, I almost posted a thought because I had a really great thought, and I thought you'd really be impressed. <laughs> I'm just sharing flesh with you here. I thought, wouldn't it be great if they thought pastors waxing eloquent? And I was about to do it, and it was like, I, I, in my heart, I heard God say, my word is better than your word. My thoughts are better than your thoughts. And I went, okay, I get it. You don't need to say one more thing, Father. I get this. So I just, every day now, I just felt led to just post a, a, a scripture that would encourage you. So you need to follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And you need to follow the church on YouTube. You need to do all these. Yeah, ask yourself, how much time am I giving to be encouraged today? How much time am I giving? Matthew 18, 24, where two or three you gather in my name, there I am with them. Now, we know God never leaves us nor forsakes us, but there is power in numbers. So he connected people, Jesus connected people to relationships. That's why he came. Think about this just for a minute. Could God not have just changed everything from heaven? He could have. He's God. He could have, he could have adjusted earth, but he said, you know what? There's power in connection. So I'm going to send my son as a representative to connect to all these heathen lost people who have been doing their own thing. He didn't say, I'm just going to wipe them out and start over. If I'd have been God, that's what I'd have done. And you too, most of you. Some of you go, I would have never done that. Well, show us your wings. He said connection is critical. Connecting is critical. Victor Frankl who survived the Holocaust, um, opened a clinic after the Holocaust, seeing thousands of patients. Can you imagine the PTSD that, that he saw in, in his practice? But he was one of the ones that survived the Holocaust. And he did it because of how he thought in the midst of crisis. You see, you can be surrounded by anything you want to surround yourself with and maintain a positive attitude and a positive outlook. But you have to feed your soul the right words, 
the right thoughts, the right emotions. And my thought is, when it comes to sickness, I'm going to be healed every single time but one. Think about it. You're going to be healed every time but one time. And then you get to go to heaven. In other words, you can never lose. Now, I know some of you think that's silly, and if you're from a religious background, you're just going, this is so goofy. No, I lived in a religious background most of my life, and I saw nothing but sad, sorrowful people. Even the preacher pe- preached unhappy. I mean, if you stood outside the doors of the church I grew up in, you would never want to go to church. <laughs> they went out like puppy dogs, tail between their legs. Yeah, we're all going to hell. Our righteousness is just filthy rags. <laughs> wow. Do I want to serve your God? No. God is a good God. In his presence is fullness of joy. He gives us peace that passes all understanding, a joy that's unspeakable. That's the life that we want to live. And I hate to tell you this, but we're going to have great opportunity for the next 30 days to choose joy. Because some people are fixing to lose. And it's not going to be pretty. And you say, well, what does that look like? I don't really know because I know this, that I think anything is possible. And I know that God has got this thing under control. And no matter who goes into the White House, I'm going to keep coming into God's house. So prepare yourself now. We all know people who are for somebody different than us. And I think if, if, if your official, the one you vote for, doesn't win, I want to challenge you. Find somebody on the opposite side of the aisle and say, can I take you to coffee and congratulate you? It gets real quiet, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't get mad. Get glad. And just know that... You know, maybe you have to tighten your seatbelt a little tighter, but we're on a ride. And I can promise you, I read the book of Revelation. We win. We just win. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us will be refuted. I'm just going to stay happy. Some of y'all may need assistance. Figure that one out on your own. Uh, so connecting relationships, he found them. Uh, uh, Frankel found jobs and assignments for them. You got to have purpose before you. Got to find something to look forward to. I'm always looking for something. If I'm having a hard time, I, I, I just Jesse, I just look for stuff to. I think about things. I keep my mind things on the things above, not the things below. I fight for that all the time. And if you get around people that will remind you, it's going to be all right. And it is going to be all right. I promise you it's going to be all right. I'm not going to give you a time frame. I'm just going to tell you, if you'll keep a good attitude, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I want us to stay happy. I don't want to get involved uh, with, you know, we're a church. We're here to worship God. That's who we're here to worship. I'm not here to worship a candidate. I'm not here to, I'm here to worship God. 
I love you no matter what. I love you. We need to love one another. Love never fails. And you know, there are going to be consequences no matter what in life. But we can face those consequences with great joy and confidence knowing our God reigns. And he does. Our God reigns. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today that no matter what goes on, no matter what's happening, uh, God, we know that you are happening. You're not surprised by anything. And so, Lord, we're going to listen to your voice, not the voice of a stranger. We're going to listen to your voice. And we know that you're going to make everything all right. God, we pray for those who are fighting COVID, sickness, illness of other kinds, people who've lost their jobs. Lord, we just know that the best is ahead. It may not look like it today. It may be dark. But what do we do in darkness every day? We go to sleep. We rest. So may we rest in these difficult times knowing that you are God and that nothing is too difficult for you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, those of you watching online, those of in-house, in-house, you know, every service, we want to believe God that the lost will be saved. That's our number one priority. Eternity is a long time, and living on earth is a short time. And so the very priority of every house of God should be to introduce people to Jesus Christ. You say, how do I get saved? Most people in the world, even religious people, believe that it's by our behavior and our merit. It's not. It's by His. And so when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, He takes care of your eternity. So I want to pray a prayer and ask all of you to pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I declare you are my Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Just simply text the word SAVED and put your name in there so we can pray with you and keep believing God with you. And uh, God's going to bring joy to your life as you open your heart to Him. Okay? Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.